0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. His joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Well, good morning, Urbana. Good morning, y'all are looking good this morning. Good morning, Vineyard Live, it's so good to be with you. And you might not know this, but about 10 years ago, um, my husband and I, this was our campus. We have actually been part of the Vineyard Church of Central Illinois for 20 years, and our first 10 years were spent here in Urbana. Um, this room, this was not the type of room that we met in 20 years ago. We've grown a lot since then, but about 10 years ago, God invited my husband Chad and I into an act of faith, which was going out and starting a multi-site campus that was a little bit closer to home. And so what's so fun is that every time I'm here, I get to see a lot of faces of people that I recognize and have relationship with and still maintain relationship with with today. So it's just good to be here with you. And thanks for inviting Chad and I to be present with you today. And so as Mike said, we're continuing this Kingdom Impact series. If you do not have this book, you need to go get it. And if you already have one, go get another one and give it away. They're $10. It's a great deal. Because let me tell you something, there are some powerful, powerful truths, transformative truths in this book. And I think it lives up to its name. It is very impactful so get one today I'm going to be covering chapters about 9 and 10 in the book and so if you've been reading maybe you're tracking along with me at about with us at about this stage Um, but really what the focus of the message today is how do we live a kingdom impact way of life from the time that we accept Jesus into our heart until the day we die. For some of us, that might just, you know, we, we may have be in our you know, mid-stage, mid-stage of life and just receiving Jesus into our life for the very first time and learning how to grow in relationship with him. And then there might be some of you that, like me, at nine years old, I accepted Jesus into my heart. And so I have quite the journey ahead of me. And it's a lifelong journey with Jesus. It's a lifelong journey discovering more of who God is. But how do I live out a kingdom impact with consistency? Because I don't know how it is in your life, but it seems like in the lives of many Christians, it's like there are seasons where we're just on fire. We're passionate. We're excited to know God more. We're like, we're like in this. And then there's seasons where we're kind of like, I don't really feel like going to church. I don't really feel like engaging. I, we get burned out. Sometimes we start engaging, we start connecting, we start doing all the things, and then we're just like, I'm, I'm just burned out. I'm done. And then maybe five years later, we wander back into church again. But it seems like in the church, there's a lot of inconsistency in our lives. We see a lot of people that are major influencers that are doing so many things for God. And all of a sudden, just, there's a major fall. Why does this happen? Churches that are really growing and that all of a sudden there's major divisions and things happen. Like I don't believe that that's God's best for us. Because what it shows to the world is that we're fractured. That we don't really know who we are. So how do we live out kingdom impact as a way of life? That when people experience us, there's a consistency in what they experience. Who Carolyn is on Sunday is who she is on Wednesday at staff meeting. I'm the same person. I I think we kind of have something to learn from a company called Chick-fil-A. I'm going to have a little fun, all right? You're going to get one, you guys, in a couple months. Get excited. Get excited. So... Got something to learn from Chick-fil-A because people kind of seem to get excited about the experience they have. There's so much that they, they testify to it. I'm gonna share a testimony. You ready? Here we go. Every time I go to Chick-fil-A, I honestly feel like the employees would die for me. Could I have an extra Chick-fil-A sauce? Oh my goodness, absolutely you can, you beautiful, kind, vivacious little butterfly. Do you need anything else? More napkins? A drink carrier? Maybe my kidney? Have a most blessed day. And then the employee will dump half a box of those delicious sauces in the bag. Whenever you feel down about yourself, just hit the drive-thru. And you are going to leave feeling important and loved. Now, what I love the most about this testimony is that she hadn't even eaten the food. She hadn't even, like, taken a bite of chicken or the Lord's waffle fries Hot, salty, who needs lunch right now? I do. <laughs> she hadn't even taken a bite. She had an experience. And in that experience, she felt valued. She felt cared for. I've seen some of the tests where like they even know my name. They repeated my name when I got to the they knew me. How do they know me so well? Because they're trained in their mission which is to give a my pleasure experience, a experience of, do you think they always feel like it? I can guarantee you they don't. Is Chick-fil-A perfect? Absolutely, they are not perfect. But they have a reputation for an experience that leaves people feeling valued, known, and cared for, and I believe that that's something that we want more of in our lives. And it's our mission Our assignment from Father is to live like Jesus. And Jesus, the environment that Jesus carried with him was consistency. Everywhere he went, people were drawn to Jesus. They couldn't get enough of him. Why? Because when they were with him, they felt at peace. When they were with him, they were experiencing healing and hope and kindness and gentleness. They were experiencing all of these things and they weren't getting that anywhere else. That's what people should be experiencing when they encounter us. Every time, consistently. Jesus in me is kingdom consistency. And that's what we're going to uncover more of today. How do we take this impossible task? Because let me tell you, this is impossible. Outside of relationship with God, this is an impossible task. But with him and his power at work in us, it is possible. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your willingness to allow, Lord, the kingdom to invade our lives. Your willingness to go above and beyond, Father, because you wanted to make your kingdom available to each one of us. And I just pray Matthew 6.33 over us, Lord, that we would seek your kingdom and that the glory of who you are would be released upon us today by faith. A fresh revelation of who you are in us and what you've made possible. We love you, God, and we're here to learn from you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Fuller Seminary, one of the most well-known evangelical learning institutions in the world, recently did a study with their incoming graduates. And in this study, they were asking the question, this question, what is it that you're searching for? What, is it, what are the life quests that are driving you right now? And the research is, is fascinating to me. Here are the three things that students are looking for. You ready? They are looking for identity. They want to know, who am I? Second, they want to know belonging. Where do I fit in? Third, they want to know their purpose. What difference do I make? I know we've got a lot of graduates around here right now, Um, a lot of graduations happening. And I hate to break it to you graduates, but these are not questions that are going to be satisfied with your first job. Adulting's about to hit real hard, guys. Sorry. <laughs> but these are not questions that are going to be answered with your first job. In fact, they might not be answered with your second job or your third job. These are questions that are are part of like these are basic needs in our life that I'm I'm in my somewhere 40s and I'm still asking these questions. <laughs> I'm still going like, "God, do I really know my purpose? God, do I do I really fit in here? Do I really belong?" These are questions that we're seeking. And one of the reasons I found this research so fascinating is because we've been talking about this three in one gospel, the triune gospel. And I want you to look at this slide of the three in one gospel, and I want to see if it doesn't give you a little aha moment. What do we find in the story of the gospel? We find relationship, we find identity, and we find destiny. Those three components that are driving students' lives, every one of them, that are dri- these needs that are driving our lives, every one of them found in the gospel. How cool is that? Like, it seems like God knew something about us. <laughs> each one of our life quests are found in God himself. Amazing revelation. And each one of these, in and, on, in and of themselves, are not a complete story of who God is because relationship begins to grow us in identity and then identity begins to grow us into our destiny each one of these stories they build upon each other and every one of them completes the greater picture of who God is see I kinda used to think that the gospel was just about Jesus dying on the cross, rising uh, rising from the grave, and then going to heaven someday. It was like a tract you could hand out on the streets. I used to do that in New York City. Nobody wanted them, but we handed them out anyway. Um, But it was like a tract that we could hand out. The truth is, the gospel story is still revealing itself. And do you know where it's revealing itself? In you. In you. In me. In me. We don't want to go after destiny without being grounded in relationship or identity. Or else we're in for some trouble. When we start to try to go after, like, I, need, I want to know my purpose for my life. I've got to know my purpose. And we begin to build our lives around purpose. And we begin to build our lives around destiny. All of a sudden, as favor hits our life or as we grow in our influence, if we're not totally grounded in relationship, we're in for a whole lot of trouble. We've got to be connected to the Father. So that's why I want to talk about relationship today first. And I want to begin by reading a chapter out of Romans um, 1. And the Apostle Paul wrote this book. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Romans 1. I'm going to read verse 16 and 17 out of the Passion Translation. Paul is amazing. He is a guy who lived kingdom impact consistently everywhere he went. Um, let's read here, Romans 1:16. He says, "I refuse to be ashamed of sharing this wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ." I love that word, Unleashed in us through Christ. For I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved. the Jew first and then people everywhere. This gospel, which is what we're talking about right now, it unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. A perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. Okay, I'm going to take a big word pause. Some of you guys might be great at the big words. I'm not. So I got to know, what does that sentence mean? That this gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. Simply put, righteousness means we are right in being. So God's righteousness means that when, when Jesus, Jesus actually modeled as a man perfect humanity. He, he was holy, whole, pure, and we would say righteous before God. He, he is the epitome of God's design for man. So Jesus, he comes, and he comes to take residence inside of us, which means that then we become filled with righteousness it means i'm no longer a sinner i'm now a what i'm a saint i'm not a slave i'm a what i'm a son or i'm a daughter like i am made brand new through his righteousness inside of me and that happens the moment that we believe we begin to see as it unveils. I love this word unveils. I want you to think about it like this. If you're at a wedding and you see um, a bride that has a veil over her face and then you see the groom lift the veil and you see the wonder on a groom's face and you see the glow of a bride's face, this is what happens as the gospel is unveiled to us. Because all of a sudden we see something new about God and we're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that's who he is. Oh my goodness, I, I see something again. I, I come into contact with a person and I have connection with, with them and I go, oh my word, Jesus in you is so amazing. Like I didn't even know because every single person in this room, you complete a picture of who God is. That's why it's ever revealing. We're continually having a veil lifted and seeing more of who God is. And then, he, and then Jesus says, as we begin to see, we become like him. Because as we see him, we begin to come like him. And we recognize that his glory is released through us. So it's an ever unveiling revelation of who he is. It does not stop. Isn't that good? We like to say bigger, better, and more beautiful. God is continually becoming that to us. So relationship with God, the first building block that we need to be developed in our lives. Because without him, we can do nothing. We can perform. We can do some good performance. We can we can do a lot of good things for God. But go into what about God's after? He's just like, I just want you to be with me. I just want you to love being with me. I want you to enjoy relationship and connection with me. And you might say to me, Carolyn, I find it really hard to be connected to a God that I cannot see. That struggle is real, isn't it? It's real. And you know what i found is that it's not a feeling connection. It's a faith connection. Because if I base it on my feelings, then I would feel disconnected a lot. But when I base it on faith and trust that he's with me and that he's in me, as I begin to talk to him and as I begin to say, Jesus, just let your presence, God, let your presence overwhelm me. Remind me that you're here. As I engage with him, oftentimes the, the feeling begins to follow. But engagement with the Father is through faith. This is an interesting little fact. My husband Chad and I have recently been learning more about juicing, because we've been doing some juicing. If any of you do any juicing, you know it's some work, but it's, it's delicious, especially that celery juice, man. It just really adds to your life. Y'all should try some. <sighs> but we've been doing some juicing, and I found through some experts, you guys can research this if you don't believe me, but... The moment that you cut fruit or vegetables from their root, they begin to lose nutritional value. So, I was just planning to do some juicing and do enough for the week and put it in the fridge that way I was one time and done. And I'm like, no, 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 Carolyn, like once you, once you cut that, it's separated from the root, it begins to lose its value, so it's really important that you drink it as quickly as you can um, so that you don't lose the nutrients. And I'm like, what a fantastic sermon illustration. I mean, come on. This is what happens when we start to get disconnected from God, like we lose our nutritional value. We we lose peace. You know, I can have a connection time with God in the morning, that's awesome. I can be journaling, I'm in connection with him, I'm feeling great, 8 o'clock hits when the kids are about ready to get out the door and I'm about to kill somebody. (laughs) And I'm like, God, you and I were so close like 30 minutes ago. What happened? That's how fast the nutritional value like leaves. It's quick. Or when they've interrupted me for the fourth time while I'm trying to take my only poop of the day instead of going to get their dad. Could I get a mom amen? Go find your dad, for crying out loud. Some of you get to work. And there's people there. (laughs) I'm serious. I am. I'm like, we need Jesus every moment of every day. It's just the truth. We need that connection to him. It's not just a morning and I'm done with my devotional time. This is an ongoing connection with him. It's a connection with his heart because I need his life and his peace and his joy and his hope to flow through me. Any area of your life where you're not experiencing peace or you're not, you can know this is an area where I need connection time with the father. I need to grow in this area. You know, we live in the age of information and it's so easy for us to go out and get quick fixes from other sources, other things to feed on in our lives. You know, when we get in that 11 o'clock meeting and we're struggling to come out, it's easy to go have a side conversation with a friend about what we're frustrated about or go call my husband and say, man, I'm really frustrated. I need you to talk me through this. Do I expect that they're going to be able to give me peace? Or maybe I go on social media to numb my emotions a little bit and just do something mindless, and then I get irritated because you see something there and you're like, I can't believe they just said that on social media. And you're totally distracted again. What are you feeding on? What are you investing time in? Are you investing time just listening to podcast after podcast after podcast or reading book after book after book instead of investing time in relationship with the Father? Because, see, here's the thing. Joyce Meyer might be an amazing communicator, and she has awesome truth, but Joyce Meyer's truth will not set you free. Okay? She might give you a good kick in the butt. It'll be good. But it's not going to set you free. Stephen Furtick has some amazing revelation to give away. I love Stephen Furtick's preaching. Do you know what I'm challenged by when I listen to Stephen Furtick? I wonder how much time he spent with the Lord to have the revelation that he has. If I want to have a voice in this generation, and I want to know who I am and what sets me apart, so I'm not comparing myself to Julie, I'm not comparing myself to Clay, I'm not comparing myself to Putty, I better know who I am. And that's found in time with the Father. It's in time with him that we get a revelation download of who we are and what we bring. And what I know today is I bring a gift of faith. And I'm here to unleash faith in this room for what God wants to do through you. I'm here to unleash faith in his power and his presence and how he transformed everything inside of me. I'm here to release faith that we can live a life of consistency that is so far beyond ourselves you won't even know who you were. Anymore. How do I hear his voice, Carolyn? Quick tip. Start by spending equal amounts of time talking and listening to him. Not just talking. Not just going through the prayer list. Take the time to talk and then take time to listen. God, how do you feel about this? God, what do I need today? God, you know what I need. God, what do you see in this situation? Talk to him. Ask him. He says in his word, ask me and I will tell you things that are so far beyond your understanding. Invite him in. As we begin to invite him into these relationships, his goodness begins to flow through us. His love begins to flow through us. And all of a sudden, people around us begin to experience us differently and we treat each other differently because I'm free to love you. I don't need something from you anymore because I'm finding it right here. Begins to shift our relationships in belonging to the Father, All of a sudden, we're going to begin becoming. We begin to become someone new. This is where our identity begins to be formed. This next building block of identity, we begin to discover who we really are. Don't we want to know the answer to that question? Who am I? Romans 1.17, we just read this passage, says that as we begin to receive life through faith, we begin to move into the power of living by faith. As we receive life through faith in him, through faith that he hears us, through faith in that relationship, we begin to live out of that power. Power of God unleashed in our life. So how do we receive this revelation of who God is? It's through his son, Jesus, because Jesus is the one who begins to transform our identity. Jesus in me changes everything. Turn to someone next to you and say, Jesus in me changes everything. That's exciting. See, Jesus came to reveal to us what this looks like. In fact, Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. What kind of boldness is that? How how would you feel if I said, well, you know what, if you've seen me, you've seen God. Whoa. Feel the weight of that hit you. Whoa. But that's the mission. That's impossible. Right? That takes some faith. Galatians 2.20. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives, for the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this New life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives through me. We live in union as one, and my new life is empowered by the faith. Get this. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. Not just my own faith, by his faith. Who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, and he dispenses his life into mine. I love this language. This is beautiful. Now, what I don't like about this is that my life is not my own anymore. I'm kind of strong-willed. I'm a second-born. I like to break the rules. And I don't really like submission or obedience. And I had more spankings than probably all four of my sisters combined when I was young. This was when spankings were really good, you know. I had a lot. So I really don't love obedience. I really don't love submission. But you know what, the more I grow and the more that I mature in my faith, the more I understand that the quicker that I submit to his will, the better my life becomes. I can do it the hard way and I can fight it and I can control and I can try to micromanage situations and I can try to do it my way. But the moment when I begin to say, God, I need you and I need you to to reveal something new to me about this because man, I'm stuck. All of a sudden we get a revelation of who God is and it begins to change everything. Why didn't I do that a long time ago? Because the enemy had me in a similar cycle of behavior and he had me in fears and he had me so deeply rooted in fear that I didn't have faith to believe that something could be different. Jesus in me changes me to become the best version of myself. So why not submit? Because he knows best. He is such a good father. I love how at the end of Galatians 2, it says that Jesus dispenses his life into ours. I just want you to think about like a soap dispenser. You know, you're like, you come and you get the soap dispenser and you you can get it out. This is like he dispenses his life. Like I just kind of want to go, like I want the whole thing, right? Just dispense it all in me. But this is who he is. And what I love about that, Um, the idea of even like a soap container, thinking about it that way is like, what do I need today? He's got it. Do I need more love today? He's got it. Do I need more patience today? He's got it. He wants to do that inside of me. He wants to live powerfully through me, which means I've got to give up control and say, Jesus, what do you want to do right now? Jesus, I know what I want to do. What do you want to do right now? Because my life is his. I want him to have fun with me. I want him to enjoy living through me. I don't want him to be like, "Are we gonna do anything today, Carolyn?" (laughs) I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize all the opportunities that I had that I did not take advantage of because I wasn't listening. Jesus, what do you want to do today? A couple years ago, I was sitting in a meeting, and um, this gentleman was uh, well. Before I I, I give the story, let me tell you something uh, first. I forgot this. Anybody love the Enneagram? or strength finders or personality tests. I love all that stuff. It's intriguing. And every time I take a personality test or a spiritual giftings test, I always get the result that I'm low in the gift of mercy and compassion. (laughs) And so I can't even tell you how many times I've been like, well, you know, it's too bad I can't do that because I'm just kind of low in mercy. (laughs) I don't know how many of you have taken a strength test and used it to define who you are. But I have. So I'm in this meeting, and um, this gentleman is talking about some amazing opportunities that we have in our community and some needs. And I'm like sitting there, and I'm like, well, too bad outreach isn't my thing. And, um, you know, too bad I'm so low in mercy. And I'm looking around, and I'm thinking about the different people in the room, what their gifts are, and like who's going to be excited to partner with this. And all of a sudden, I have this little sideways thought go through my mind. And you know what I hear Jesus say? Carolyn... I have mercy. And I'm like, dang it. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Carolyn, I have mercy. And I'd love to be mercy through you. One word from God. One sentence from God. All of a sudden revelation wow i don't have an excuse to be a victim to anything i don't have an excuse to lack everything if jesus is in me that means i have it all it kind of bites a little right you're kind of like (laughs) dang i really liked when i could just go this is who i am and this is who i'm not but the truth is jesus in us changes everything And that means I have access to mercy. I have access to love that's beyond me. I have access to forgiveness. I have access to it all because Jesus in me changes everything. So I can't live as a victim anymore. I can't live just blaming other people anymore because I have access. Jesus wants to dispense his life into mine. Everything I need is in him. This is what happens as Jesus begins to transform our identity as we begin to see who we are and what we're capable of with him in us. I actually think he loves when we get really weak and we got to go, Jesus, I need you. Every day he wants to partner with us. And you know what else? When you're waiting, some of you might just be like, God, I don't know how to hear God's voice. Anybody kind of struggle with that a little bit? Like, I just don't know how to hear God's voice. You know, if you're listening for God in King James Version, you're going to have a hard time. Carolyn, what doth thou want from me today, my child? You know, to doest my bidding is what I want. Like, like, he doesn't speak that way. He actually speaks in you version. He gets you. He gets you. I'm a little sarcastic. God's sarcastic with me. And I love it. You know, I like a good joke. God, God jokes around with me and I love it. Like He is so much fun. And see, the thing is, as we develop relationship and we get to grow in our identity, we begin to discover like, man, Jesus has got to be the first one I turn to because I know that he has what I need and it satisfies me. I know he has truth for this situation with my daughter or my son that is going to actually give them something that they need and not just what I think they need to hear. He gives a revelation of truth that, like, transforms conversations, transforms relationship. When you spend time with him, when you you begin to understand who he is, he just begins to, like, unleash kingdom impact all around you. It's happening, and it's consistent. I've got a little Chick-fil-A test for you today. I wish it would involve eating some chicken, but it doesn't. What it does involve is having a little environment test. What do people experience when they experience you? I want to know, when Carolyn walks into a room, what do people expect? What do they experience from me? Like, are they experiencing moodiness, sarcasm? It's possible. Hopefully not. <laughs> Busyness. That's a big one that I get. Carolyn, you're just always so busy. Is that what I want my life to reflect? What do people receive from me regularly? What are they experiencing when they're around me? You want to take an opportunity this week. I would invite you in to ask two people to share with you two ways they experience consistency in your life and two ways that they would see opportunity for growth. You've got to put your adulting pants on for this one. You know, like Because it's hard to get, it's hard to receive feedback. But don't just go to someone who's going to like, pat you on the back and tell you something like, really simple, oh, you could probably grow in this area. Like, go to someone who you know is going to challenge you. Like, who loves you enough to say, your breath really stinks in this area. Like, (laughs) Like, you need help there. And it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian or how long you've been in the faith. We're always growing. And let me tell you something: If people say to you, "I don't really, I can't really see any room for growth in your life," you probably need to take some more risks. You probably better be stepping out and trying some new things, because we're supposed to be going from glory to glory. We're not supposed to be staying stuck in the same place. We're supposed to be attempting, going after something new. So if people don't see any inconsistency in your life, or they're kind of going, "Wow, you just," then take some risks. Go after something. If I'm not consistently seeing people healed around me, if people are not being healed in my shadow as I'm walking through Walmart, I got room to grow. It ain't happening yet. When you are committed to partnering with God to make a kingdom impact, you can expect the enemy's gonna turn up the heat on your life. The radar's gonna go off in hell. Ding, ding, ding. They're tuning into relationship with God. They're not distracted anymore. They're focused. Now what? You're gonna start stomping on enemy territory. Some of you are gonna start taking territory in your families. Some of you've got some generations where there is divorce totally through your generations. You've addicted behavior all throughout your generation. Let me tell you something I got some gross stuff in my family history. And that is not going to happen on my watch in the life of my family and my future. So I'm going to take territory. I'm here to take kingdom territory and to make a kingdom impact. So I want to get to heaven someday and be able to look at God and say, I did the very best that I could with what you entrusted to me. I made a difference in the world around me. So when the enemy wants to keep you distracted, you're going to invite God's presence in to help you focus. Focus. When the enemy wants to keep you comfortable in turning to other things or people to fill the void in your life, you're going to start turning to God and you're going to feast on him. He's not just going to be a quick fix, he's a feast. Feast at his table. Where the enemy wants you to seek personal happiness over God's best for your life, you are going to be committed to kingdom impact, which is God, your will and your way in my life. That's what we're called into. Would you stand with me? As Joe and Daniel come to lead worship this morning, I just believe that the Lord is releasing faith into this room, revelation after revelation of who you are in him. He's releasing faith in you for growing in your relationship with him, diving deeper into who he's created you to be. And right now in this moment, if you feel that faith on your life and you're feeling like, God, I wanna be all in. I I believe that there's actually some of you who have felt this compelling like, God, it's it's time to die to myself. Like, I've been in with you, but it's really time to die. We're headed into a season of time unlike anything we've ever experienced before. And I believe that God is calling up the John the Baptist. He's calling up the trailblazers. He's calling up the people who are willing to go after all of them to lay everything down to be consumed by his kingdom. He doesn't want just a part of you. He wants all of you. He wants your business. He wants your family. He wants your marriage. He wants your finances. He wants all of it. And as you give it all to him and you hold it with open hands, you might feel a little bit empty for a little while. You might kind of go, man, it feels really empty to lay all of this down. And then you recognize that when we're empty, it's the opportunity for it to be consumed by him. He wants to consume you today. And I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. And if you want to receive prayer right now, just... God, I want any part of my life where I'm not submitted, whether it's relationship, God, whether it's identity, any part where I'm not laying it all down for you. You want to invite him, just hold your hands out and I want to pray for a gift of faith to be released on you. Father, I thank you for what you're inviting us into. I thank you, Father, for your story. And Lord, I pray right now that there would be a breakthrough in faith, that power would be unleashed in our lives, Lord, for what you're calling us up into, that as we die to ourselves, we would be filled with your life, the life and power that only comes through you. In Jesus' name, I pray, chains would be broken. Lord, generational chains would be broken off in, in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would be so submitted and committed to your will and your ways that we would be astonished as you call us into the greater things that our hearts long for. God, have your way in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.